Welcome to today's episode of the Cars Unfiltered podcast. It is the first week of January. How about that? Yeah. We're in the new year. Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, today, the three of us are back. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll talk about some car stuff. I have some stuff that I uh, I did this last week that was kind of enlightening for me. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe, did you guys have anything fun happen over New Year's and Christmas? I want to find out what your car resolutions are. Oh. oh that's a good one. That is a good one. I think your resolution, Mike, should be to wash your cars. Hey, hey, no, I didn't I didn't say that right now. I'm saying oh. that uh, after we find out what happened with your vehicle endeavors, I want to know what your car resolutions are. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mike and I Mike and I drove a uh, a Chevy Traverse to um Oh yeah, New all York. the way to New York. Was it a Traverse? It was a Traverse. So and neither of us were overly impressed. No. But you rented it anyway. I well, mean, we it, had a we had a park it in a GM garage, so well, and oh. the reservation said Jeep Grand Cherokee or similar. So he, I it, got I got the or similar. It was not similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not even close. <laughs> I got their version of or or uh yeah or similar. Gotcha. Yep. But uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. So in any case, uh, for our dear listeners, uh, apparently from what I understand over this break, uh, Tom went to go test out a Tesla or test drive a Tesla or drive yeah. someone's Tesla. Yeah. So uh, Adam and I, who Adam was on the podcast last year, I think, uh, Adam has since gone on to do other things, but he may come back. Who knows? We'll see. Um yeah, so him and he basically uh, so long story short about situationally, but I have not been doing a whole lot lately, and uh, Adam had some time off over the uh, the holiday break here. Tom, so huh? Tom, it's okay. You can tell him you have sads. Yes, yes, we. D- I definitely have the uh, seasonal affective disorder, where if you live somewhere where there is no sun for multiple days in a row and it's cold. And then it goes from like cold to damp to cold, and that is your life that that affects you. And you get negatively. a cold, as as the <laughs> listeners might listen in mind. Cold, damp. Weather. I uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've been taking airborne lately because I'm supposed to go to New Jersey next week, and I don't want to be sick while I'm there. So, yeah, I'm trying to trying to prevent from getting sick. So, anyway, we had, me and Adam had some time on our hands, and uh, he just was like, "Hey, let's go test drive some Teslas." So. He uh, called up, made the reservation, which is kind of interesting. Um, there is a Tesla showroom in Troy, um, and the reason there's no Tesla dealers in Michigan, and we can talk about that a little bit too, maybe on why um, it's kind of interesting. They don't sell cars through dealers. Wait, wait, wait. They're direct right. to the customer. Did you go to Somerset Collection, Tom? Yep, I did. Oh, oh. I go there all what? the time. What? Not to the Tesla store though. Tom went there once to go oh. buy a ring. I think. Yeah, I don't think Mike's been in there. Step foot in there, maybe once not or twice. Not Tesla store, anyway. <laughs> Why not? That's like for, that for and the, the Apple store is like the two best places for, to go in that. I don't think you, it was there the last time I went to the mall. Yeah, for those of you guys not from the area, that's the uh, probably the yuppiest mall, the nicest mall we have in the area. It's a ritzy mall. Uh, it has two sides. The other side has like Neiman Marcus and 
like Saks a bunch Fifth of Avenue. yeah sax and like sur la table and like tiffany louis vuitton uh, yeah so it's it's gucci a pretty coach. mall i don't think they, they do have a gucci store which is terrible I think, yeah, but I actually no the gucci, gucci store is on the cheap side which is interesting oh okay and it's That's real dirty but uh Ooh. But in any case, yeah, and it's also off of Exit 69, which big also beaver. happens to be Big Beaver, yeah, for those of you not from the area. So uh, <laughs> Tom hopped on the highway, got off at Exit 69, <laughs> drove got on, off on Big Beaver Road, drove on to Big Beaver Road, uh, straight into a Tesla. <laughs> And I and I parked my dirty Raptor right next to a bunch of nice, you know, Mercedes, which was pretty. I felt kind of good about. I, yeah, I mean, I would have felt good about that. Yeah, because because like they know I have really big doors, and it's like seven inches wider than a normal truck, so that had to make him nervous. Like, did he ding my door? Was that is there blue paint in this dent in my door? As a as, okay. a, as a side distraction, because uh, I went there well, like yesterday, two days ago. I don't know. I don't live too far away, and I. I went there. We'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> we need to solve the. Um, so let's say if you're on a long aisle that has a road that runs perpendicular to it, let's say in like the middle of it. Right. And so there's spots that you can drive straight into from the perpendicular one or you're driving next to if you're going down the aisle. Right. We need to come uh-huh. up with a better system for who gets to pull in because I was waiting to make a left yes. into the spot. Oh, yeah. Some dude yeah, drove I up agree. to me. And at that point, I just like I I have a technique where I can that up. I have a technique if I shrink. I have a technique <laughs> where I'm just going to get as close as I can to the car that's backing up playing a dangerous game and saying the, the the car behind me or the car backing out doesn't freak out, but I can sneak in so that almost as soon as they pull out, I'm already pulling into the next spot. But either way, we need to come up someone needs to come up with a better way to to handle those situations because even if you had one of those like domed mirrors they're still going to try and fight you for it yeah but how are you going to add one of those domed mirrors to a parking spot you can hang them so oh, wait, here's the interesting the, the aisle with the post yeah 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 so oh. if you're if you're trying to make the so left in there and you got there before the other guy can't see you so you're complaining about the post no i'm complaining about the fact that the other guy can't see you so you got two people with their signals on signaling they're going to go into the same spot they can't see each other oh i got you yeah, yeah. so i'd like to point something <laughs> out about this parking lot is that it has directional lanes in it so this happened to me there too and quite frankly I just about like rammed through people to get out of there because I was getting like, I don't usually get angry in those situations, but I was like, I turned the traction control off as I was leaving and tr- like kind of chirped the tires a little bit, pulling oh. out just to like make a point. Oh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a one way. You're so like, cool. Directional Tom, how can I be thing. like you? <laughs> Uh, it's like a directional parking lot and somebody came the wrong way and like was trying to get into a parking space as somebody was coming out and then they couldn't like I was and I was coming the other way. So the person getting like they had nowhere to like turn to back out like this car is like backing out and there's cars on both sides like it mm-hmm. can't get out. So yeah, plus one. So apparently all the yuppies that make all the money, they don't need to, you know, be very effective in real time and space. Um no, so, they just have cameras that sense like everything else around their car all the time. So, so they don't care. Those systems don't work well in one-way parking lots, apparently. Anyway, hey, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, so you went to Somerset. So Somerset. 
So we, yeah, so we went and made appointments. You have to, you know, in order to test drive a Tesla, you have to make an appointment. Um, and so we had to call, this was a little bit weird. Adam called a guy in Vegas who set something up with the Troy, the store in Michigan here in Troy, who then set something up with somebody in Cleveland for us to test drive the cars. Wait, what? Yeah. So everybody, like, as far as that process goes, it was probably about as efficient as it could possibly be, but it still wasn't, like, efficient. So Why the runaround in the first place? So I'm not exactly sure why the guy in Vegas was involved exactly. Um, He's just part of the, maybe he just mans a phone to do, like, reservations for, you know, for test drives or something. Um, the guy in Cleveland, I believe is the one who actually manages like, um, like tracks the test drives and then tries to sell you a car. And the person in Troy is just like your test drive driver person. Mm. If that I mean, all works out. All right. Yeah, I get it. Well, I guess yeah. it probably has to do with the fact that you can't sell direct to in Michigan, right? So that's how they get around. You're technically buying the car from someone in Cleveland. Yeah. The Vegas guy is so right. weird, but you're driving, you're buying the car from someone in Cleveland. Well, the Vegas guy is just a middleman, right? Yeah. He's the guy that got the contract or whatever, right? Yeah. I It, it could just be a Tesla call center out there right. because they're, it's cool. I don't yeah, know. Well, yeah. or that too, yeah. yeah. So that's fine. Like that's whatever. It was weird, but it's, you know, fine, right? And yeah, I, I would chalk it up to the whole, you know, not being able to sell thing. But that actually leads me to another thing where I came – like I was like, okay, I'm going to ask these people a bunch of questions because I was kind of curious and I was kind of interested in getting a Tesla. Uh, I'm very interested in getting an all-electric vehicle in the next year or two. And um, I thought, well, a use Model S might not be a bad way to you know go about it. So I go and ask them. I'm like, hey, can you tell me like, you know, what's how how do I get my car fixed if it's if I'm in a Wasso and you know it's something breaks on it and I can't drive it or something, right? And essentially their answer was there's one tech facility in Michigan and basically they'd have to come. They said 90% of the problems can be solved by their guys on site. Like they'll come out to your vehicle and they said the other times it'll have to go to this tech facility that they have in Michigan here. And uh, so wait, so, so what would that entail? So if something serious went wrong, then if you get a tow truck out, they'd have to tow it to the tech facility. And then the guys would have to look at it. Yep, they'd have to flatbed it out out to the tech, you know, to the facility. That's or fucked. you'd probably have to you'd have to pay for that, right? Because I'd be buying a car out of warranty, right? That's one thing that the they kept saying over and over again is they basically were like really <laughs> trying to stress not buying a car out of warranty. <laughs> Wait a second. Also, I just I'm put like, two and two together because hmm. this goes along with my grapes. But in any case, were you trying to get one and sneak it underneath the tax credit cutoff? Is that's that what, what they also sparked were, it? I know they were. No, yeah. I. Yeah, no, I the because I the cars that I was interested in, mm-hmm. the Model Threes that they are producing are the two high trim models that I don't want right. to spend you know sixty forty fifty sixty, 60 grand. grand. Yeah. So this, so what I was interested in is like a two thousand thirteen fourteen Model S for like thirty thirty five something like that, which it doesn't fall under the tax credit. Yeah, right, um, right. But but they were driving for that really hard. Mm-hmm. But in any um, case, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, um, and you'll notice the uh, the piece of information that I didn't say in the maintenance plan stuff, because I also know that they like have an actual maintenance plan that you can buy where you spend a fixed amount in a year, and then that covers all the annual service stuff. Um, 
they would not tell me the prices for anything like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the dr- test driver person was like, I even asked like, Hey, how much is, you know, for, you know, if I want to get the supercharger thing set up, you know, is there something that they do or, you know, how does that work? And she basically said that you just have to have electrician install a 220 plug mm-hmm. and you can plug in the regular one. Um, and she didn't really go, couldn't really go into any pricing on the higher end, you know, charging systems. So she said the guy in Cleveland can tell me all that information. So she made a note, you know, for him to send on information about that. What he sent was the stuff I already found on their website, which doesn't have any prices either. Um, so through like Googling around other people who've actually done it and looking at forums, it looks like it's around, uh, between two grand, two and three grand for a four year service plan for the car. Um, and then to like getting stuff, you know, you know, if something goes wrong with the car, I didn't find any prices, current prices on that. So I don't know what it costs to like actually own one of these things past a warranty. So what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So I actually did some research. So what led me down that rabbit hole is one of the YouTubers that I follow that was actually here. He just bought one, um, underneath and I have a bunch of different gripes with that. Right. Um, but going along this specific route, um, so he got a 220 installed uh, because he tried to charge it and it was going to be like 18 and a half hours to charge his car. Yeah, right. uh, he said it was about $500 yeah. to get the 220 in, which isn't bad. But in any case, um, so right. during the experience, right, the guy, one of his buddies that was trying to sell him on the vehicle before he bought it, um, his big thing was he's like, oh, there's no maintenance. Like in a regular car, you have maintenance. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, he's like, oh, just like tires and stuff. And they're like, wow, this is so much like this is revolutionary. Um, which led me down a rabbit hole of I was looking at total cost of ownership. So five to ten year total cost of ownership between a Tesla and a midsize. They had like I saw a couple different ones, but like a Hyundai or they had one against a uh, like a Corolla, I think, or a Camry. Uh, it was either the same or more by about a thousand dollars. Right. So the Tesla was between six and seven thousand dollar total cost of ownership per year for the first five to ten years. And a Camry was like three to four. Or a regular mm-hmm. midsize was like three to four, maybe five, right? But either way, this whole concept that people think that oil changes are what's, you know, draining your, oh, <laughs> your yeah, pocketbook. Right. Like the car still has CV joints, the car still has axles, the car still has, right? So total cost of ownership to kind of your point. Tom, why, is it, that why is it that much though? It's just regular. I mean, you have regular well, car stuff and, and they amortize it, right? So if you have like a mm-hmm. big thing that you need to change right then it just gets added on over the five years or whatever yeah right the other thing too to remember is that the model s is more comparable so actually this goes into i'll point this out later but from a marketing and sales perspective the model s is supposed to compete with like the s class right and the high end mm-hmm. the high end lexus and stuff like that but this was for um, a three what i found tom like on, oh, Ed, on okay. edmonds yeah. it was for the model three now I'll get, of course to your point they're projections Right, because no one's had a right. Model Three for ten years yet. But in any case, it was fascinating that I was looking up similar to you, but it, mine was tailored towards a guy on YouTube that was, you know, his buddy was feeding him a load of junk. <laughs> yeah, I, which and might, that's, that's my whole gripe. But I'll get to it after we're we're done with your story. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it'll probably interleave a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, so, so basically I went there to try and figure out that information, you know, what it costs to own one out of warranty or whatever. And I didn't really get any information. So then we go, um, everybody's super friendly too, which is great. Uh, it doesn't feel too, uh, which 
actually now that I think about it, like if you go to a normal dealership, like I've had places just like literally throw me the keys to something <laughs> to go yeah, test drive it. Right. Right? Oh yeah, right for sure. Uh, and so, like this was definitely more, much more controlled than that. So we go out. Um, she kind of gives us like this little demo of like how you know the supercharger stuff works, how to tell you know different states of the car. So like you know. Is it on? Is it just, you know, is it in drive? Different, which is, is kind of weird. Like, you don't have, it's not like a normal vehicle where it's like you have like mechanical feedback of, you know, what the state of the car is in. So you kind of have to pay more attention to some of that. Um, and the Model S, you know, I go and like look at it and it looks pretty good. There's a few things that are kind of weird that she mentions. She's, you know, like we've all heard like Teslas have kind of like fit and finish issues. Um, like there was uh, some weather stripping that was like kind of sticking out a little bit. And she said, Oh yeah, we have to take this back or send this one back to go get refitment or whatever. Um, another thing that I noticed too, is like, I've seen, I don't know why, but like I've seen model S's in person before. And for some reason, when I walked up to this one, it seemed really small. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know exactly why, but that maybe kind of started to influence some of my next it, experience. It was it was cold out. It had some shrinkage, Tom. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a California car in the cold. That could be. Also, also it's you, a grower, not a shower. You drive like a, a massive fucking pickup truck, dude. Like that's on. true. Yeah. Well, but so an S class though is uh, an S class is significantly larger than the yeah, model s i think i thought yeah i mean i thought the the model s was more towards like an e-class in my opinion right now because not, of cost not, of ownership not price wise <laughs> yeah no. no right not price wise but like vehicle size right it's a it's a cd yeah. car but i think it's smaller than an e-class i gotta go jump in an e-class and an s-class mm-hmm. um just to kind of compare but so here's the thing that the first thing that really like kind of triggered me um, like everything else was cool, right? Like, you know, charging, you know, it looks great. All those things. I go to get in the car in the back first because Adam's actually driving, uh, driving first. And I go and get in the back and like a model S is supposed to be like a full size car. And while there's like leg room, I don't feel like I'm in an actual sedan. Like I feel like I'm in the back of a focus or something, mm-hmm. right? Like there's just not really that much room. I would go and put my, because, you know, because it's kind of small back there and I'm six, six, one, like 250 pounds. Um, I went and put my arm up on the back of the seat. And when I did that, I like started fiddling around because usually there's a, you know, a deck back there. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's not in the model S it just goes down and that's where, you know, the trunk is. Um, and it's basically just like a hovering cover that goes over it. I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Um, and it just was, it seemed kind of, Wait, it just goes straight into the trunk. Yeah, yeah, yep. that is kind of odd. <clears throat> for yeah, it's for a sedan. Like a, I mean, it's like a, yeah, it's more like a hatchback style than it is a sedan style. At that point, right, right. Which I mean, that's cool. Like you can fit more stuff for whatever the reasoning is. Fine, um, but it also is like a huge cavity to generate road noise, um, which I did notice later on too. But. But anyway, yeah, so I get in the back and like she starts like running through all the, you know, all the different modes and stuff in the car. One of the things I didn't realize Model S's did not have is there's no suspension tuning. Like there's no button that you go and hit unless I could be wrong. Um, 
but the only thing really that you can change is the suspension ride height and the like acceleration speed. So like, you know, ludicrous, we had ludicrous mode. It was a P 100 D and you know, you could change that. You could also change one of the things I actually did like quite a bit is there's like a chill mode to drive around in. Um, and I actually would probably drive it in that mode most of the time, which is kind of weird uh, or unexpected, I should say. So are you swearing off electric cars completely or just? Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can get to so that here. So here's the real thing. The real kicker. I went to go get in the car to drive it. Right. I had the most difficult time getting into that car of like anything that I can remember in recent history. Oh, wait, really? Like. Yeah, this was bizarre. So this was like, you can't just like walk up to the car, open the door, put your right leg in and sit down. Put your left foot out. Like, yeah. Shake it all about. Pokey pokey. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) you have to do like, I was like, oh, okay, I can't do this. I'll do like the supercar thing. And like, I'll go and like, basically like, you know, face away from the car, put my butt in the seat and then pivot in. Right. Like. That's kind of weird to have to do in like a luxury sedan, but you know, whatever it's a Tesla, right? I go to do that. I hit the back of my head on the top of the roof. Ouch. Like, um, yeah, like, like trying, like I have to like, it's like a cop car. You have to get in like a perp into a cop in the back of a cop car to get in the driver's seat. If you're six, six, one, apparently. Wait, how does, how would a perp get in? Well, they'd push his head. Well, you know how they like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) They like hold your head you, and you push like, it down. You, have you to into the car. over. Mm. Yeah, because you're handcuffed, so you can't like. So you have to go into the. Car well, actually, the, Mike, well, the way my posture normally we'll demonstrate is. It. Yeah, the way my posture normally is on a regular day, looking down <laughs> at my phone, Mike. You have to get in your car that way. Yeah, I think we should show Mike. We can do that as a video. We can test it on Mike. We'll handcuff him and then like try and see how we can get in the car. Yeah. Um. So then anyway, I get in the car, you know, uh, the autopilot thing is cool. It's not super fancy in my opinion, um, but it's cool. Hmm, Other automakers have similar stuff. Yeah, I was, well, honestly, there's not much I was impressed with. The YouTuber I followed was like, he's like, oh, this is the future. It's a self-driving car. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, everyone could put that stuff. And like, none of what they're doing is revolutionary necessarily. But in any case, it's interesting you said that. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah, no, it just wasn't... Um, like it wasn't a ten thousand dollar option level of mind blowness in my way, in my opinion. The only thing that was really uh, the other thing is too. I didn't like the fit and finish of the car. Um, it's not that things felt plasticky, but they felt very sterile and very, like just, I don't know. Like nothing felt cheap, but it just did not feel interesting. If that or normal, I guess I don't know how to describe it. Like you get into another some other car that's got like leather and stuff, and like you know it feels luxurious. This didn't feel cheap, but it definitely did not feel luxurious in my opinion. Um, and the only thing that was really impressive on the car, you know, for a hundred thirty thousand dollar, hundred forty thousand dollar car with ludicrous mode enabled was obviously the acceleration and the grip for a you know five six thousand pound car. Um, those things were great. You know, those were very impressive, like literally could feel my cheeks like fly backwards <laughs> when you hit the pedal. Um, but that's that's kind of it. Like, I you wasn't were, super impressed. You were underwhelmed. Very underwhelmed. And yeah, basically at this point. Uh, dear listener, um, by the way, in case you're complaining, Mike keeps playing with my volume. So my volume. <laughs> I'm, turning, I'm turning you up, to be honest. It's inconsistent. Up. 
it's because you keep changing um, where your head is. I'm not changing where we're like launching nuclear missiles over here. Mike's just sitting there. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's interesting why does that bother that, you right? so much that because, I turn the knobs? <laughs> because then next week you're gonna be like, oh, the volume's inconsistent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so the youtuber i watch right and this is no fault of his own right but this is this is the issue i have with i think tesla the more i i watch stuff about it and like to hear your experience validates it it's for people that don't really know cars that think that this is like the pinnacle of innovation right yeah yeah i would agree to some that. extent because even like you'll get the rich buyers and, and don't get me wrong it's it's a status symbol which i'll get to in a second but like they don't realize they think that like okay self-driving like all the features that go into self-driving all the other car makers do right some of them you know self-driving i think audi might have it or mercedes or bmw one of those right but they're not it's lane keeping it's um uh whatever it's called the uh cruise the cruise control that's like more right the auto oh, yeah. distance, distance cruise adaptive control. cruise control right yeah, yeah. stuff like that i mean it's none of it's and it's like they're so for example one of them that was getting on my nerves was they're like oh if you let go of the the accelerator the car breaks itself it's like no no, no. Mm-hmm. it turns on regenerative braking which turns the motor into right. a generator which will right. slow down the car yeah, it's right. no different than downshifting and en- engine braking in feeling right and then they're like oh no mm-hmm. According to the website, it turns ki- the car's kinetic energy into – it's like, guys, it's just regen braking. A Prius will do this, right? The Prius does this. It's, where and it's done it for a while yeah, too. Yeah, the, the Prius will do it. Any car that has regenerative braking feels the same, right? It's not something Tesla's doing, right? The, interestingly though, because what, he was, what even, I was wondering is apparently the Tesla, which I'll give him props for that. In the Tesla, if you let go of the accelerator um, – uh, there's got to be some sort of algorithm or whatever, but if you come to a full stop by just letting go, it turns the brake lights on. So it, it shows – because the thing is, if you think about it, coasting mm-hmm. in a regular car, if you'd like to full out of the accelerator, but you don't brake, the brake lights don't go on, the guy behind you is going to just rail you, right? Well, I mean, they'll, no. they'll notice. They'll notice, but it's not, it's not well, a brake. Yeah, so yeah agreed. I will, I, will say, I will say this, Mike. Like the regen- you have multiple settings for the regenerative braking, yeah, right? right? And Audi's platform is actually going to be – probably possibly more advanced there's oh there's there's a few other things with that model s too um and then actually the we drove a model three and i have a a weirdly surprising thing about the model x as well um but the regenerative braking settings on high that slows you down like when you take your foot off like you can pretty much drive without brakes it's pretty intense and that's what this guy was showing in the video right they had it on high and it was he was coming to stops at stoplights but imagine if mm-hmm. you didn't have brakes for those of us that don't roll every stop sign <clears throat> mike uh in existence <laughs> mike probably hasn't stopped at a stop sign since his dry read test <laughs> yeah well you're probably not wrong <laughs> <laughs> because even even if he can, right, he'll time it so that the car that's going will just roll by and he'll just kind of like, look left, look right, go slow enough. I mean, if you get it right. When's the yeah. last time that you've stopped and had the car jerk back, like a little motion? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it's just – and they're just sitting there and, and I get it, man. They're cool cars, whatever. Like I even – I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I haven't been – jumping on team electric lately thinking about it right because they were saying that like the total cost for energy is like i think it's like three grand a year which is probably less than or equivalent to um gas right 
But in any case, this dude that was pitching the card of the guy was such a bro that just had no idea about like what cars are are for, right? Or like they were talking about like, oh, so I've It's like, dude, you can like go with the steering wheel and afford two on the highway, right? It's not any. Oh different. yeah, the lane keeping systems. Are the pretty Tesla good, will dude. do it. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Tesla will do it in in like day to day. Okay, that's great or whatever, right? But there's just there's so much little stuff, and then the biggest <laughs> issue that I have with it, which is still my issue and i know mike and i talked about it and i don't know what, how you feel tom like how people were looking at you in it i feel like for car oh, people including myself there's still something douchey about being a tesla owner right like yeah but could it could be. be because the people that already have them are just tesla stands Right. So, for example, there's another internet blogger, blogger who's pretty good and he's a smart guy. He does tech review, right? Marquez Brownlee. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his stuff. I was just going to, I was just going to say him actually. And like, I was like, he's pretty chill about it. But he got like sideswiped by a semi trailer, right? So his was in the body shop. But he's like, oh, if mm. it weren't for this being a Tesla, I wouldn't have. It's like, no, no. There are other cars with five star ratings that are equally oh, as I didn't strong. Hear him say that. Yeah. So he posted a picture wow. of his car got sideswiped. And he's like, oh, if this wasn't a Tesla or whatever. Right. It's like, guys, I get it. But it's and and more to the point, even if he didn't word it that way. Right. Because I don't want to misquote him. But even if he didn't and he said, oh, thank God, people in the comments are like, oh, those Teslas are really like bulletproof. No, no. There are plenty of like you can get into like a a Toyota Camry and that thing will be equally as resilient. Right. There's just as well. The the Teslas did the Model S is due to like the way their frame structure unibody structure was like they like ranked some of the highest but but, you know but there's a limit to it right like mike could make his engine block out of the strongest material in the world and it won't necessarily make any difference than the second strongest material in the world you know what i mean like yeah well there yeah there's diminishing returns uh, so i mean in my mind i guess it's just that there's so much there's still so much hype around what tesla is right and i was watching another thing where like yeah it was on the joe rogan podcast which i go back and forth with that i mean i find it entertaining with some of the stuff and like they talk about like tesla being the future it's like guys tesla's tesla was first to market and it's got a lot of cool things but there's a lot of other people that if they were willing to lose the money that he's lost could have put something out and tom you know probably better than i do the german brands are probably some of these audis and stuff are coming out are probably better than tesla's already so yeah so that's actually so that was my next my next thing right is like i'm like well maybe i'll wait for this mission e platform which is audi is releasing first with the e-tron right right and i went so here's the other surprising thing with the model x um because those other the model 3 i actually really like the model 3 but i thought okay these cars are both small you know whatever like the suv will be probably fit better right you know to be normal size nope the the model x to get inside of it um you know the gullwing doors those two seats like right when you open the gullwing doors are like they look like they're like 12 inches wide like they are the doors or the seats the seats once you go in the door like there's two you know two captain's chair not captain's chair but there's two whatever you call them they're not bucket seats but there's basically like there would be room for a, a whole, you know, like a, a bench seat there. But they, you know, so they have the seats behind it as well. So there's just two separate. Right. Yeah. So you can walk back to the back. Yeah, seat. Right. Yeah. Well, those two seats are like 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 I get that, you know, maybe maybe we're a little heavier out here in the Midwest or something. You know, I don't know. But like 
those were like children sized seats back there. It was it was really weird. It was I was instantly surprised by that. And then the front seats were not, you know, all that like they're not they weren't really bigger or easy like easier to get into than the Model S. So I'm like, okay, that I think a Model X is out out of the question as well. So um, Audi is releasing the e-tron, which is basically the same, you know, it's an SUV crossover, whatever, same thing as a Model X. And I just, and yeah, I think their platform is going to be a lot better. They're doing a lot of testing with it. I just watched, um, Audi has a documentary on the making of the e-tron, which is kind of interesting They're uh, They said they started it for like in 2014. Um, but if you watch the second Iron Man movie, which how long do well, I guess it came out in 2013, so they probably wrapped filming in early 2013 or you know 2012. But there's an R8 with an e-tron badge on it, an electric R8 with an e-tron badge on it at the end of the movie, which is kind of interesting to, to look for. Anyway, um, but that car's dimensions, the SUV Audi e-tron, is actually very similar to the Model Model X, and I don't think I I, I think these I think manufacturers are making these electric cars super small to cut down on weight and try and get more range. I mean, like, yeah, that's likely. Like abnormally small. Yeah, and I think that they're also trying to compete with right now, other than pickup trucks, right? I think the the biggest regular consumer car is a small crossover, right? It, like escape yeah, size, it, it is, traverse size, sure. or whatever. For sure. But I've but I've jumped into an EcoSport, a Ford EcoSport mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't hit my head getting in the vehicle. Yeah, but right? but a lot of that has to do with uh, honestly with the age of the company, right? Tesla's not an old company. There's things that they're well, allowing their designers to do that uh, a, a, an older company would never have allowed, right? Well, and, so just yeah, straight up example is the windshield on the Model X, right? The fact that there was mm-hmm. duplicated images because of the, the increased glare because the windshield was too tall at the top would have never happened from a Ford GM or Chrysler or from a, a BMW or from any one of the big ones. Despite how because, cool it looked, yeah. Because there's so much testing that goes into it. If it was an idea and somebody said, yeah. hey, let's do this, they would have made one and they would have fucking tested it. They would have had 50,000 miles on it and been like, no, fuck this thing. Yeah, now the other thing, and I, and I yeah. could be wrong on this, but my opinion too is when you start with a smaller platform like the EcoSport, your, your mind almost automatically goes into, we need to make this as easily accessible and as comfortable and as big feeling as we can because it's already a smaller car. Yeah, Where if yeah. you start with a bigger car, your head automatically goes, oh, it'll feel big no matter what. And then you end up with the Taurus that was like a tiny interior with this ginormous <laughs> body. And I know because I had one, right? Um, so yeah, so in my mind, when you're looking at packaging, right, the EcoSports belt line was also relatively high for its width right so it was almost like a vertical car and and like i said in my mind if you're packaging something that's already that small if you're looking at an a or b maybe crossover you're a lot more mindful of ingress ingress right and stuff like that because everything derives traditionally from the hip point right so the hip point is what they design everything and the cars to be Right. Including that's why, like, for example, the Ford GT, that's part of the reason the hit point was so crucial and they couldn't package it. That's why they kept it stationary to some extent. Right. There's probably other reasons and some hopefully we have some executive of Ford that can come tell me I'm stupid. 
um, because I didn't have any involvement, right? But I've taken <laughs> classes where we talk about developing and packaging, right? And so you maintain the hit point and the Ford, the GT brings the pedals closer or farther to you because the issue is you want the optimal hit point for clearances and everything is established from that, right? Steering wheel distance, everything. So if you can maintain that steering wheel distance to hit point. So I guess going forward from that to your point, Tom, where it's like, or to Mike's point, more mature companies will figure out ways to play with that ratio, right? And make it easier to get into or, or whatever the case is, right? They can modify the, the points on it. Yeah, which is what I'm hoping will happen with the e-tron. It'd be interesting to go jump in a Jaguar I-Pace. The only thing I just did earlier was uh, that makes me concerned about the e-tron was I basically uh, overlaid a Model X on top of a e-tron to see like where the lines and everything are and they're surprisingly similar uh in shape but the thing that i was looking for is like the door you know the the head points and you know door height and different things like that which you know the, i have no idea what the seats are like inside you know how much step down there is on the inside so it could be different but you know from the outward ex- appearance it looks very similar so yeah. i'm definitely not buying anything without driving it i'll put it that yeah. way like i i was uh Un, you know kind of disappointed um and, and the tesla you know like getting in and out of it being a you know kind of a pain is like one thing but not being able to say hey like you know this is what maintenance costs is what parts cost like audi's not from even from the united states but i could probably go figure out maintenance you know for one of those once they've been out for a year you know by talking to dealers and asking them things. yeah you'd get, probably get a more honest response but that's because they have dealers and also Tesla's always notoriously been hush hush about what their incidents are and stuff yeah, like that. Right. They're still all, they're still want to sell the image of low maintenance. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, but no, I mean, it's interesting because, because yeah, back to what I was saying, I'm, I'm starting to get real interested in an electric car. My main two hurdles to jump one, if, uh, as long as my fiance doesn't leave me, then I can have her car be a gas car. Right. But yeah, like, you need at least one. I need one because for me, I drive enough back to Chicago to my folks home where it's like, okay, if I can get an electric car with 500 mile range, which I think the Tesla is a higher end ones can't now, then I'm all in right. Then I'm like, that can get me to Chicago and back. And if I have something longer than a Chicago road trip, I can rent a car. But for like even daily driving, like, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm in on it. Right. I'd still have to calculate. I'd like to know what the cost, the actual cost for electricity would be. Right. Because there's elements to it. Right. But making sure that it's not, oh, it doesn't supersede the gas prices, which right now would I would venture to guess would be hard to do with gas under two dollars. Um, no, it's it's still way cheaper it still way for cheaper? electric. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The um, but like what's it? like, for instance, mm-hmm. Hmm? no, yeah, I was like the cost to drive 300 miles. Right. And like a Model S, which a Model S is actually one of the least efficient electric cars mm-hmm. um, out there. Like the cost to drive 300 miles is going to be around. 10 bucks Mm -hmm. something like that so if you figure 35 miles to the gallon you're still at 20 bucks so okay so i mean even that's also like even i'm i'm turning the my main thing is i still drive enough to chicago where i think you should be able to make a road trip to chicago now that being said uh i barely make it with a well my truck i will but like my mustang i barely make it and i usually have to stop once for gas the limiting factor there is I get gas in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? So, and 
uh, let's be honest. I've considered an electric vehicle because I, what my commute's perfect for right. it, right? Like it's the ideal situation. But I also go to Illinois fairly yeah. often, right? And my trip's a little further than mm-hmm. yours. It's six and a half hours. So for me, I know I'm going to have to gas up, fuel up, whatever, mm-hmm. at least once. Mo- sometimes twice, right? Depending. And if it's an electric vehicle, like, I can't be down for a half hour while I wait for this thing to get to like right. 80% or 85% or whatever. Right. You give me three minutes, four minutes. All right. Right. Now we're you're like, all right, I can kill some time as long as you got a convenience store or something. Right. right? But if you're, if it's more than five, I'm out. Like, fuck this shit. I could probably wait like 10, 15. Not me. But I'm out. At five minutes, I'm out. Actually, that's a question. Tom, you might know this, uh, and this might provide a little comic relief to this um, episode. Uh, so would you plug your Tesla in overnight like you would an iPhone? <laughs> like even if you don't I even would. if you don't need to, right? Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, which is just oh, absolutely. it's just funny to think about, yeah, right? Because sure. it's like it's like, well, it's like, oh, time to go to bed. I gotta plug my Tesla in or <laughs> whatever. Right. Honestly, yeah, like that's that's how you really have to look at it. Like you basically have like this a battery go kart right. golf cart that's a little bit more comfortable than a golf cart that you paid one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for, um, and yeah, like I mean, it, it's definitely like I I am all for I have been all for like the logistics of it right mm-hmm. like you know like the bit the furthest longest range Tesla that's available right now is like three hundred and twenty mile range something like that. You know, I, if I had something that had 200 mile range, I could do like 95% of my driving in the year. Um, and so that's, you know, like that would be, you know, pretty handy because I would probably save around $5,000 a year in fuel costs. Um, but you know, honestly at this point, like, especially like the Tesla price points, I think that Hyundai and Kia, not that I want to buy one of those per se, um, but they're going to execute on this, like on 30 and under thousand dollar electric vehicle with like acceptable range. Like they'll be able to hit, you know, for 35 grand, they'll be able to hit that 200 mile mark with the vehicles that they have coming out like this year. And, uh, they're, I mean, they're going to be competitive and Elon Musk said himself, he's like, I don't really care about, you know, owning a car company. I don't really care about Tesla. He just feels like this is what we need to do to be better stewards of the planet. So, it's also still. I think that was Elon Musk uh, a few years ago. No, he, he said he repeated it in a sixty minutes. Re- oh, did he? Yeah. Which also, um, yeah. funny enough, no. you know who else says that? Sal said that in a uh, article that got shelved because Mr. <laughs> Barika got too busy building a car. Um, there is a lost article. We should have a, an archive. The lost articles um, where I just said that from in my mind. Um, Tesla is more important as a disruptor, right? Essentially getting everyone off their rear ends to develop electric vehicles um, than it is necessarily as a car brand in itself, right? It's it's more important to drive the, the technology forward, right? Now, that being said, if they keep making money, then this might turn into a viable company, right? Now, they're still, they still got a lot of miles ahead, right? I'm sure once you start hitting your 10-year mark and cars start coming back and we got to see what the, the used market looks like in 15 years, right? Whether the cars last. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's it's more of, it's its purpose is more to to drive everyone else to, to keep doing it, which is evident when they made their patents uh, available, right? 
Mm-hmm. And and too, like I think you know the the Model S. I asked him the other thing I asked him about was the battery heating pro overheating problem. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with that. The some of the um, original cars you couldn't take them out on the track mm-hmm. um, because after like one lap, or if you couldn't take them on the autobahn, stuff like that. Um, not that I would be doing any of those things per se, but I do know that if my phone battery gets super hot, it decreases the life of it, right? So since the battery is like one of the most expensive things of the car, I would like to keep it cool. Um, and so I asked them about that and their answer, I kind of actually um, spoke to an engineer who worked on that system. And he said that his firm um, told Elon Musk that they needed to do it differently because otherwise they would have problems cooling it. And Elon Musk did it the way that, you know, got released. And so they had problems. Um, and the Tesla dealer's solutions was that they said uh, in their maintenance bulletins, mm-hmm. they now have uh, the techs replace the coolant, the battery cooling system coolant at those different intervals, like at each you know mileage interval. Uh, which I don't think was the actual problem <laughs> with them overheating. Um, yeah. So that said, uh, Audi, I think, is going, the Mission E platform port, Volkswagen Group, I think, have that issue on lockdown because obviously, like, they drive on the Autobahn probably every day. Um, and they also race a lot. And I think that will lead to, like, a much long, higher longevity uh, to the yeah. batteries. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, sorry. I was also distracted. I was doing the calculation. So there, I found a um, an elect- monthly charge cost calculator for Tesla. Um, so based on Michigan uh, fast or aggressive driving style, um, I estimated twenty seven hundred miles a month, right? Which was roughly seventy five miles a day, which is not out of the question for me. It's usually thirty each way minimum if I do no other driving. Um, plus one trip to Chicago, which would be 600, right? So it's 2,700 miles. It's estimating about $160 a month, right, um, in in electricity. And then I did the 2,700 miles divided by my truck gets roughly 18 and a half miles per gallon. Uh, it's 145 gallons of gas. So times right now, if it's at two, it's 300. So point being, it's about half. It would still be half the cost to me um, fuel-wise, yeah, right? right? So I, that's actually a lot. That's a lot cheaper but, than I expected. But, right, but, but let's be but honest. Also, if it comes to the point of um, you buying an electric car, you would at some point, because I would at some point, splurge for solar panels so that you could get you could get the energy credits for uh, from the government for the solar panels, and you cut down on your long term usage because you drive a fucking. What do you think car. I'm made out of money over here? They're not that expensive, <laughs> Mr. <now>. Moneybags. <laughs> they're not that expensive now. Okay, so, yeah, they're not. They're not that expensive. But here's the thing. Let me. This is where I ran into a problem, right? So, let's say you did put up solar panels, right? And you're charging your Tesla for free for your commute, your normal commute driving, right? So you're saving three hundred bucks a month, right? What's no, like a? Well, I guess if you're looking at like a model, yeah, it's about one hundred fifty. Well, oh, I'm saying it goes total? to zero yeah, okay. because you're charging it. Right. Okay, because you're charging it yourself. Um, like, are you gonna save? Like, if you get a Model S, your payment is probably gonna double, right? Which is going, you know, from what whatever your truck mm-hmm. is, like, your payment for your Model S is gonna be around a thousand bucks a month. So your actual like total cost of ownership or driving is gonna go up. Yeah, you know, I mean, it depends on how much money you probably, put down and all that, right? Because a, right. a model, a model S still, will be what, like 
80 grand. Sal's got money. He'll just pay for it up yeah. front. Dude, I don't get nothing. I don't get nothing. <laughs> well, the only thing with that is I was looking at, <laughs> if you look <laughs> at cost accept, of ownership, depreciation. Maybe they'll accept Yeezys as a down payment. <laughs> <laughs> Elon he might. Is. You never know. Um, they The other thing, too, is like a Model S, the depreciation on it is probably like depreciation on like F-150s is pretty rough like we've talked about before. But the... it. Like depreciation on a Model S is pretty rough. Model X's, it's a lot better. So because like it's a crossover time. Um, Here we go with the depreciation twins. Oh man, the anti-new car it's, buying club. It's boring. <laughs> oh. It's true. It's it's. I don't know. It's rough right. though. It's it's it definitely came out to be more expensive and less and much much lack of luster after test driving right. one so that's tom's take on electric cars now or at least teslas I, well, I don't, teslas, we're not gonna yeah. get into the details of the rest of it because we've already had everybody captive here for a while so before i let her <laughs> and mike's ready well, to be done yeah, i'm done with this topic because <laughs> if i let you keep talking it's, we're going to be here for another hour so before i let you keep talking i want to know what are your new year's car resolutions tom Give me your well, top. Give me your top. Since there isn't two and a half. Well, since I was, it was going to be to get an electric car, but since there aren't any good electric cars available on the market, especially in the used market, um, I think my car resolution this year is going to be. Last year, uh, I didn't get out to many car events, and I think this year I'm going to try and get out to more car events and get taking pictures and stuff again. Just so, so just one. Oh, I didn't know that's we could a, have more than your one. Top two and a half. <laughs> oh, two and a half. So my second one is going to be to get the eighty-five F two fifty that ah, I have running and practice. Yep, and practice welding on it. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, yep. Yeah, I want to. And then if I get good at welding, my half resolution is going to be to replace the rocker panels on my. There Raptor. you go. Look at that. Yep. All right, Sal. So what do you yeah. got? Uh, my top resolution will be to not buy a new car because my <laughs> loan is up in October. So I'm going to resolve to not uh, do what I normally do and get a new car right away. Um, trying to live without a car payment for a while. I know that uh, Tom's like, wait a second, you've never not. It's a yes. I pretty much every time, as soon as my car uh, is paid off, I usually get the edge to get a new one. But uh so I'm going to do that. And then uh, my second resolution was going to be to work on my car more. But knowing that Mike and I just had a conversation that my truck's going to need new rotors soon. And knowing that I don't want to do that, I can't make that resolution. Um, so I'll just say that my resolution will be to change that cabin air filter come hell or high water myself. No. All right. Um, so, yeah. But the main one is just the opposite. Do not buy a new car is uh, my resolution. So my number one. New Year's car resolution, and I I don't do resolutions, so this was just for fun. Um, is actually to teach my fiance how to drive stick shift because oh. she hasn't before, and so everyone should know. So that's definitely something we need to get as uh, video content for the channel. Oh yeah, for sure. So you'll have to GoPro her. Yeah, we'll we'll pull out the GoPro or whatever, and yeah, we'll make that happen. Um. We should just get all the girls together and try and learn stick Laura shift on their own. On their own? Shift, so. What car are we sacrificing? Your 85? Yeah. Definitely not right. your Mustang. 
Laura already knows how to drive it, so you guys are out of luck there. And Jolly, but can she drive it with? Well, it on she the can right? teach. Yeah, and oh. she did. I let her drive my Mustang. Like we were probably two months dating. I don't know. What oh. I, was th- I don't know what I was thinking. And That's she not was already fun. But uh, well, then she could. We could like video she video could teach her the other teaching. Two. Yeah, and like not on my Mustang. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I abuse that clutch enough. My wife. I think my wife. I think my wife knows how, but she doesn't do it very often. So like I don't know. We'll Actually, see. it would be amusing to film me and then film my feet on the pedal so that we can have everyone outrage at how long I hold the clutch in on second gear. <laughs> Why do you hold the clutch in on second gear? I've been told that I hold the the clutch on too much on second gear. The pa- a passenger told me so clearly they could. Feel what do you mean? <laughs> like I hold it in too long. You don't release it fast enough, right? Oh. Yeah, that'll wear out your clutch. Common stick problem. I mean, I've had it for like three years, and it's usually okay. it's the other way. Yeah, I don't drop it fast enough. Yeah. 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 Most people push it in. Well, no, most. I guess most people don't push it in too slow, but they hold it for a long time. But I don't hold it at stoplights or anything. I'm not that bad, but apparently I hold. Oh, it I hold the clutch at stoplights. That's what the throw out bearings for. Fuck it. <laughs> that's, that's why there's a bearing there. I've, yeah. I've replaced them. That's why yeah, I there's do a too. fucking bearing. I... So then I should be fine holding it in second. Oh yeah, but but that'll wear on your clutch disc. Yeah, because holding holding it at a stoplight, yep. your clutch disc is inactive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas holding it, I'm holding it as as you stationary release, as something rotating is rubbing yeah, up against. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got. It. So, on that, uh, yeah. So if there's something rubbing up against it, you should definitely drop yeah. it fast. And I, I see where you're trying to go there, but I don't think it worked that well. I'll give yeah, it some yeah, thought. Yeah. I don't think it worked no. that well either. Um, but on that failed, don't don't think about it too pun, much. I think we should. Uh... Wait, what about my second one? Oh, your second one. There was, that was that's one. Not, that's not enough torture. Yeah. Well, and the half. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. maybe a half. The other one, the other big one, is uh, I got to get the, the 35 ready for the wedding pictures. Apparently, so I got to replace some fenders and shit there. Mm. Um. And the half is I want to get that V12 rebuilt so that it runs on a stand. Oh, you would Ooh. appreciate this, Tom. So we were speaking of my brake rotors, uh, speaking of like rebuilt. Uh, Mike was like, oh, you could take your rotors and have them ground down. I'm like, do I look like the type Not of guy ground, that would go? Not turned. <laughs> turned. It's do a I, lathe. Do, do I look like the type of guy that would go get his rotors turned? <laughs> And then I was like, I told him, I said, well, even if you just wanted to put on new ones so that you didn't have like downtime and then you could take the old ones in and get them turned and then, you know, sell them because they're, they're like $150 and rotors, And I said, do right? I look like the type of the guy to have yeah. rotors uh, stashed away somewhere? <laughs> he doesn't think like us, Tom. Well, you can put them on. I know, like, I like he well, sounds like laughing, but like I've had rotors turned. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, sure. man. Like, I've yeah, I've but you, yeah, but both of you yeah. guys like working on your cars. I like observing cars. Oh no, Tom doesn't. No, like I don't like it. it. I do not like it. I. The only time I'm working on cars, like aside from like some kind of side hobby, pro- I hate working on a daily driver vehicle. I hate that. Yeah, I'm For not sure. gonna buy. It. I'll- like I'll do it like this product. I'll buy if I need new rotors. I'll buy new rotors. Be like, what do you want to do with these? I'm like, I don't know. Throw them away or something. You scrap them. You take them to the scrapyard. They'll give you like two dollars yep. for them because that's it, already too much steals work. Steals at like twenty that's, bucks a ton. That's already too much work. <laughs> or you drive your truck on your new rotors to Napa and give them your old ones and have them turn for like ten bucks and then you put them on Facebook exactly. Marketplace and say hundred dollars <laughs> set of rotors. Wait. 
freshly right, turned. If we do that, I will give either of you 50% of whatever you can sell it for on Amazon Marketplace if, that, if you do it for me. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> I was just t- going to take them off your hands. I, 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 I yeah. mean... It's, it's all good. Mike, <laughs> Mike has it. <laughs> on that note... <laughs> Mike doesn't realize... What about my resolution? Though? Something... We already went over yours. Yeah, I know. It was a joke. I was making fun of the fact that you wanted to get more resolutions oh. in. <laughs> happy, new, right. happy New Year, everybody. Yep. We'll, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>